Howdy folks, this is Patch here coming to you before the show with another content warning. Uh, the episode this week deals with some pretty significant neglectful parenting issues, and also some pretty heavy dealing with um, alternative medicine, homeopathic remedies. This is basically the entire back half of the episode, so that starts at about 51 minutes, so if that's something you're sensitive to, just, you know, be aware. Take care and enjoy the show. Welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about the Owl House. I'm Patch, and joining me is the most wanted criminal in the Boiling Isles. It's Quill. How you doing, Quill? Pretty good. Yeah, let's just ignore the fact that uh, I have to renege what I said last week about I have a job now, because, oh boy, that went real bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry about oh, it. It's cool. all good. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Um... If you're willing to talk more about that, I'd love to hear it. But before you do, we should probably intro our guest. Uh, joining us is our second guest ever, and frankly, the person who's contributed more content to this show than anyone outside of this recording. It's Casey. Hey, I'm uh, Casey Cosmos. She her pronouns. Number one question asker in circles. My... <laughs> Very much I'm so. forever cursed. Cursed to ask questions on podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, you you basically have been like the person keeping. I don't want to say keeping us in business because it's like we'd be going anyway. But yeah, you have been sending definitely the most amount of questions out of everybody else. You've certainly kept our questions department getting their paychecks. <laughs> like I said. Wait, but I'm usually I'm usually the one controlling the Twitter and the email, and I don't I haven't made a single. We've lost money on this show. <laughs> between between oh, no. <laughs> we had to pay for hosting. I, I didn't make any money on this. <laughs> I mean, okay, yes. A negative paycheck is still a paycheck. We live in capitalism. <laughs> I thought this, I, before Send you... your Disney Plus money to the owl. Yeah, before you to... before you ended that with we do live in capitalism, I was going to be like, wait a sec, no it isn't. But then you're, you would sit down and it's like, oh, wait, yeah, you're you're right. <laughs> Yay, America. Well, in your case, Canada, but still. Yeah, yeah. so uh, how's everybody's week span? What's Fun going stuff. on? Mm-hmm. Don't all talk at once now. I was referring to our guest to go first if she wanted to. Uh, uh, I've been on spring break. I've been working a job that I hate. You know, I've been getting some money, which is nice. Uh, I played, I've been playing far too much Pokemon. I have bad brain worms. I, I need to try and get every shiny of every Pokemon ever, <laughs> and it's probably going to kill me. Uh, which, uh, which one? Are you, like, the Diamond and Pearl remakes or uh, Legends Arceus? All of them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, I, I have a bunch of Google document oh folders yeah. are all just silly operation names of like what i need to do in each game i've started playing pokemon sun in <laughs> spanish so i can try and get a foreign ditto for masuda method it's fucked 
and, and here I thought me having a Google Doc about like what weaknesses affect each monster the best, or <laughs> for Monster to Rise is bad. Yeah, no, that sounds funny. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, you fool! I have uh, several different. It's a Pokedex tracker website. I have seven different tabs of all the stuff I need to keep track of. I've. This is a lot. Po- collecting Pokemon <laughs> is what got me through like the first month or two of the pandemic. Fair. So, <laughs> wow, it's in my brain now. I mean, yeah. It, it, in my case, it was Animal Crossing because yeah, that game released the very first day that I started uh, being on rotation from work for two weeks at a time, for two fucking years. <laughs> yeah, and and then I uh, didn't stick with Animal Crossing because it's like every other Animal Crossing where you play for like three months and then it's like this has just become a secondary like side job that you check in for 30 minutes each day and you're not doing anything it's like why am I continuing this now (laughs) yeah I haven't played I'm so sorry villagers I just uh, cannot be bothered to come in anymore yeah go form that communist utopia you've always dreamed of in there Yep, the, the the island representative has abandoned y'all, so you gotta t- seize the, re- the means of protecting yourselves. I realize I'm skipping backwards a bit, but you said you were on spring break, and I'm very jealous. That's not a thing in Canada. Because it just yeah. snows all the time, we don't have spring, so... Yeah, Christmas spring. Well, <laughs> now, um... I'm in Texas, so it's really just summer light, oh, I'll be yeah. quite honest. It's... I'm not I'm not built for heat. Oh boy! No, absolutely. Yeah. That's what. That's why I picked Canada. I spent that's, sixteen yeah. years in Texas, dying every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why I also got out of the south. Cause fuck it. Yeah. Um, I'm working on it. Just gotta, you know, finish a degree, so then I'm allowed to completely uproot myself. That's how it works, right? That is the <sighs> law. Yeah. You only get to move if you're getting a degree, or you just finished one. Pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, nice. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh. Hey, I I could just uh, briefly say fuck transphobic supervisors and the HR departments that protect them, because uh, that's why I only lasted five days at that job, which is technically with my old employer just here in Hartford as opposed to down in Cary, North Carolina. <laughs> Because, yeah, it uh, turns out when your supervisor tells you to your face, uh, like, th- three days after you started, that nobody there in the mail room agrees with each other or even likes each other or gets along, and then two days later, I guess two work days later, he says that he's not going to make any effort with pronouns cause, and that I'm too focused on that compared to doing the job that I already basically fucking know, because he was conveniently ignoring the fact that I did that job for 28 months. Uh, turns out you kind of have no more fucks to give and end up having to, like, tell the person that hired you over the phone that you feel disrespected and cry a bit. And cool. That was a, that was a cool day at work. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I gotta say, you do have some luck with co-workers, huh, Quill? <laughs> yep. Turns out, maybe it's just the Millennium Group that's a bunch of assholes, because this has happened twice now. Once with a supervisor and once with a co-worker, who were just being plainly transphobic as fuck. Mm-hmm. And I don't even give a shit about having named them right there. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yep. no, they deserve it. Yeah. But hey, at least uh, uh, during the mail runs on that Monday, before I left the following day... Uh, 
there was definitely that person at the uh, USPS when we were getting some mail from them that gendered me as a girl, even though it's like, oh, technically you're not right either with that, but it better to be misgendered as a girl than a guy, I guess, so, okay. <laughs> and then yeah. also, there were, like, two uh, teenage girls at one of the schools we stopped at to get their departmental mail that definitely took notice of my pins. They didn't say anything, but they definitely, like, looked towards them. Although, at the same time, they might have been, like, noticing the fact that I had a bra on, so I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> if, if I didn't get clarification and nobody called me on it, so I was like, I'm gonna chalk that up as a win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Always, uh, maybe not better exactly, but certainly new and interesting to be gendered wrong in a different way. <laughs> yeah, after uh, 34 years of people thinking one thing, even when I've told them repeatedly, nope, this one, and then they still don't listen. So, I don't know, back to the job search grind and all, but whatever. At least they're... I mean, to be fair, everybody that I talked to about this already was like, "Yeah, you did the right thing, Quill." And it's like, well, of course, the, the like my friends would say the same thing. <laughs> so that, like, they're my friends for a reason. I'm not gonna be friends with people that are just gonna tell me I'm not overreacting or anything. That, yeah, no, that tracks. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, do we want to talk about the fucking uh, trailer stuff? Um, the, or I guess the, the teaser, not really a trailer, and also the uh, season two title message at all before we get into it? Um, well, we can do that, but I have to warn you that I'm about to hurt you very badly. I didn't watch them. Oh, no. Well, I mean, it, it's just, it was just like a few like independent little like scenes. It wasn't like... They didn't give, like, any, like, full context of what was going on. Much like the Season 2A trailer. But even, like, even <laughs> less than that. It's, like, 40 seconds long. If that. Well, that's not that. Yeah. I, uh, was not aware that was oh, the thing. Oh, well, I guess I... I... I just saw you talking about the... The names, and I was like, damn. <laughs> I have thoughts about plots. Well, we do have to talk about the names, though, because I have a note about that in the episode. <laughs> yeah. It, if it might be the same thing. It, is it, yeah, I, th I think I might know why you are thinking of a lock in particular, huh? <laughs> 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 yeah, no, oh, boy. I, again, like, are, are the last three going to be part of that? <laughs> I really do hope that we just... that. Tina just goes with the idea I had of it's just the last three letters are G-A-Y. <laughs> just unrelated, just make it be gay. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's really no way to, like, continue it or, like, say, like, its own independent word or anything with just three letters that could really continue off of that phrase. So it's like, I don't know, maybe they don't do it for season three. Or maybe they do. Maybe. Or, I don't know, maybe it's just totally independent. Yeah. I don't know chat speak is very effective at getting things across in three letters <laughs> fair <coughs> final season is just lol <laughs> ass yeah, it's, it's just every last uh like insert you know like type your name here in like an arcade game that variant that you could think of I mean, I've seen some people say, well, it might just spell loose or something. But, ah! Uh, it's ah! Oh my god, we figured it out! It's AAA! <laughs> yeah, it's just AAA. Just like we. Dana forgot how to. Ch didn't know you had to actually press the buttons too yeah. quickly. 
this. Or or she didn't or she didn't realize she could just use like DNA or something for like short for as close to Dana that she can get. Or her or her initials, because like I'm pretty sure Dana Terrace has a middle name. I don't actually remember. That I mean, reasonable assumption. Most people do. Uh my mom yeah. doesn't, interestingly enough. That is interesting. Yeah, she just simply doesn't have a middle name. Well, you see, that's because of people like me who had two when I was born, and I'm gonna add three more. So. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, no, I. We're just hoarding all the names. This <laughs> yeah, I guess actually, now that I think about it, there's really not as much to really talk about from the uh, the title uh, message, really. Well, maybe, but we could we could at least say what it is, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. Like, Casey, you've seen it, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. I, that's why I was like, I said something about like. Oh I have right, yeah. Ideas of what could happen. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, by the fact that I already said lock, it's like I feel like most people would already know, considering the first few letters of FEA had like weeks like seven months ago. So, yeah. <laughs> no, everybody, everybody knew it was going to be like feared the something or other, and it's like, oh, it's lock. It's not moon, like a lot of people don't. It's not past, like I had the idea. It makes sense that they would be feared a lot, considering the first part was seek the key. Seek the key, fear the yep. lock. I'm sure this won't be relevant. No, I'm sh- I haven't played. I haven't played Kirby's Return to Dreamland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's to- totally not at all gonna be uh, bad for anybody trying to find the key to the human world or anything like that. Not at all. Only good, yeah. only good happy times. <laughs> it's a good thing we don't see any just suspicious lock-shaped things in this episode. <laughs> That'd be really fucked up if yeah. we did. Anyway, what, what it- <laughs> especially if a main character came from a thing that had that lock shape. That'd be really uh, scary. It, yeah, what the odds of that? Good thing that doesn't happen. Anyway, yep, I'm sure glad I only watched this episode about Ida's mom joining a multi-level marketing scheme. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we'll, we'll get there about her with her alternative medicine shit. Yeah, um, I guess. Is there anything you want to talk about about the trailer, or shall we just jump into it? Uh, I mean, again, like, there's really not a whole lot to really talk about it, because it's, like, it's unlike how, like, they had, like, some trailers for... Like, they had, uh, like, a trailer of Amphibious Season 3B debut, like, today, I think, as well, that actually showed a little bit more. And it's, like, mm-hmm. there's only so much you can get from just, like, still images, <laughs> just from, like, flashes <laughs> of episodes, like... Like, obviously, like, it, it showed off stuff like Willow's new hairstyle, and also, like, Goose might have a slightly different hairstyle, and confirmed that she's probably, at one point, at the least, gonna wear Ida's varsity jacket, even if it it might it might be her official new outfit, maybe not, we're not really sure. Although, I guess, like, th- there was one big, crazy, pretty noticeable thing, and again, like, spoilers for people that don't want to know, uh, we definitely do go to some part where it looks like, like, uh, the lead-up to, like, a throne room where we see other species, and other members of King's species, as Luce, King, and Hootie in the Porter Hootie backpack walk past them. So, mm. we're gonna see them <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I'm sorry, season 2B is bad because they've brought back Porter Hootie. No, season 2B <laughs> is good because Porter Hootie's back. <laughs> Porter Hootie is the I, best. <laughs> I love to think about it so much. <laughs> Don't worry, we've already considered that- we've already talked about how horrifying it is that Hootie can 
just be the entire house and also rip himself out of there and leave a bunch of his guts behind. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Yeah. No, like the only thing I know about the trailer is one that you pointed out, and it's one that I'm very upset about. Apparently, even though he died, Tibbles is back. Yeah, like what the? F Nobody thought Tibbles would come back. Is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> we all finally fan favorite carries Tibbles returns to the Owl House. I mean, we haven't like we haven't had any indication that Tibbles didn't die back in really small problems because he just had to. He, he was devoured he, by he, rampaging he, horses. He, we all saw him he die. Was never important. <laughs> he got better. He was never important enough to bring back. Why is he back? <laughs> He was a he was a I hope he's a ghost this time. <laughs> yeah, it's like that one fucking Trek 4D movie where Farquaad's ghost comes back. <laughs> God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay. again, it's kind of hard to talk about like, in particular because it is just a lot yeah. of like, like, quick shots. Like, we do get a bit of like Lilith wearing like a different like old-timey outfit and loose wearing just like a fucking like like spiked helmet <laughs> to like blend in when they presumably do their time travel stuff through the the journal in the, in the second episode of season two B. <laughs> so it's like, also we maybe get a shot of like Bellus as a kid. We're not really sure. He was like there was like a little like glowy purple kid who had a mask on that kind of looked like it was Bellus's, but like made by a child. Who the fuck knows if that might be him or not. <laughs> Yeah, very fair. Yeah, we we still don't fucking we have all these theories about Bellos and nobody knows what the fuck is his deal anyway. <laughs> That's we'll talk about it. Um, yeah. So, uh, is there anything else we want to hit or? Uh, can't really think of anything else in particular. Okay. And in that case, before we jump into the episode, I do just have one last note. Um, as of this recording, uh, LGBTQ employees of the Disney Company are organizing walkouts on the daily and requesting that you boycott products because of the recent treatment by Bob Chapek. So, uh, do not watch this episode on Disney+. Plus. Um, if you trust us, we'll tell you all about it. Uh, otherwise, maybe ask your friend if you can borrow their DVDs, wink wink. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Don't give them your money. If, if you know uh, any of us on Discord, we, of course, also know uh, ways that you could watch this. And also Amphibia, because Amphibia Season 3B starts the same day. So you don't have to watch exactly. You don't have to watch them on TV, and I don't even know if they're actually going to put them up on Disney Plus the same day, considering they've been waiting to upload them in chunks after, like, every five episodes there anyway. So. Oh, no, they won't. I'm talking about the episodes we're covering today. Oh, don't watch oh, them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fair. Pirate that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, season two, episode three, Echoes of the Past. We open on a dark and stormy night in the Boiling Isles, and a mysterious figure is running through the woods, unbothered by the boiling rain. Uh, she does stop, though, and pull her hood back, and it's Ida. It's young Ida. Her hair's, like, half white, half orange, so she's older than we've seen her before, but not as old as she is now. And, yeah, it turns out her cloak is all messed up from the boiling, so I don't know what kind of rain they got, but it's, like, acid as well as boiling. 
Um, she is exploring an old ruin and hears something move, and then the scene, something rushes at her, and the scene cuts. And then we open on a book. These are Lucy's notes on the glyphs. She's trying to figure them out. She specifically noted that the light glyph also appears to influence power, reflection, and color, but she doesn't really seem to get it. And she's drawn herself again, because I guess that's her go-to move when she's doing yeah, things. Yeah, I, I just like that again. She takes the time and effort to do a little doodle of her face with little swirly eyes and just being like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, this is like effort that you could be doing to try to learn this stuff and figure it out more. But mm -hmm. instead, she just has to take the time to just doodle herself like that. Yeah. She also drew the glyphs in the book, so I guess she has to, like, be super-duper yeah, careful that's, to not touch that's that page. That's something I noticed, too. It's like, cause like, yeah, you have to, like, you only have to tap them to activate them, so it's like, mm -hmm. does closing mm -hmm. the book count yeah. as activating them because it's tapping them? Yeah, well, definitely as long as she doesn't touch them, fall I don't. Asleep on that. Yeah, don't fall asleep <laughs> reading that book, hey? Yeah. Oh boy. It's very much just like how I recently saw uh, a bit of fan art that somebody did of like loose like covered in like this like like lips staring at me to give her a hug and everything fully does it anyway and just loose like explodes in the light basically <laughs> like her <laughs> like her entire body just lifts up as she just glows <laughs> blinds amity god i'll have to see if i can find she's that she's trying out um hmm? sorry i just said i'll have to see if i can find that <laughs> Uh, Luce is trying out new glyph combinations. She wants to see if she can figure out different spells, basically, but she's drawing them very differently than we've seen them before. Like, we'll see momentarily that she does one that's more in line with the old stuff, the circle with the glyphs and the different points, but, like, a lot of what she's doing in the book seems to be just trying to draw new glyphs entirely, so I don't know why she's doing that since they figured that out already, but... Okay. <laughs> it's experimentation. Gotta see what works and what doesn't. Yeah. So King comes over to ask for help quelling a rebellion among his stuffed minions. Uh, Francois has somehow acquired Ida's hair knife. But Luce is busy, and he's upset. He feels neglected because she's working on this so much and not paying attention to him. So she suggests he asks Lilith because, quote, she has more experience quelling unruly mobs than anyone. That's great for the resume. Yeah. <laughs> but she's really kind of in a bad way. She's gone off the deep end a little bit. Kind of looks like she hasn't slept in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, why is Lilith drawing a glyph with a paintbrush? <laughs> why is she so thrilled to sit there and watch the ink yeah. dry? <laughs> I don't know. Also, no, there's that, yeah. uh, that knife that uh, Francois has while he's planning a rebellion is the same knife that Ida had in Season 1, Episode 7, when she uh, cut the yeah. apple slices. Ida's hair knife. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Um, yeah. Uh, so, Hootie and Lilith are nice to each other for a while, nothing worth going too into detail about, but King kind of assumes that this is blackmail. Luce interrupts and tries a new glyph combo. She has discovered invisibility, but it only lasts as long as she can hold her breath. And this is where something a little bit strange starts to happen. Lilith is very impressed by this, because Luce says she got the idea from Lilith's history books. And this is where we learn that Lilith was the lead historical scholar of the Emperor's Coven, but, like, she was the head of the Coven, so I don't know what... Yeah, this history thing is an entirely new character trait for her. Yeah, it's a, it's a little strange. It's like I guess it was just another role she did there or something. But it's like you know we never got that sense that she was like 
the lead historical researcher beforehand or anything. Yeah, exactly. We never had any indication she was interested in history at all. Um, yeah, so she trips over one of King's stuffed animals, and he somehow interprets this as an attack. So he throws a plush at her, but Hootie blocks it and does a dramatic death scene. Rip. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty bold to kill <laughs> Hootie in the third episode of the second season. <laughs> yep. And she's pretty annoyed by all this, and so, kind of in vengeance, she points out that Belos is the first united ruler of the demons. There's never been a demon king. And this gets King very mad, so he gets her his backstory about being the king of demons, beloved and feared, and he's got that same old-timey art style in his flashback, and claims an evil spell shrank him into his current form, and that the crown they stole in the first episode was a fake. The real one is still out there somewhere, but he doesn't remember where, because he lost his memories when he shrank. Uh, it happens. Yeah, you know, your brain is smaller, there's not enough room for stuff. <laughs> flies out of there. Exactly. Uh, he says that he remembers having armies and being served feasts and falling from a massive height as he shrank, but they are still pretty suspicious, so he storms off to get his proof, and while he's gone, Luz asks Hootie and Lilith to play along with this story because it's very important to him. But they are very offended, because apparently Hootie, of all people, is not willing to lie. <laughs> also, also worth pointing out, apparently Luz has taught both Hootie and Lilith what high-fives are. Since Lilith does give Hootie a high-five in his face. That is true, she does give him a black eye by slapping him in the face. <laughs> oh, God. I was just gonna say, I think in the, in the bit where, Lil, where Lilith is just like, hey, it's like, what, there's no fucking demon there's only been one thing, one king of the demons. One, what the fuck are you talking about? I, was, I just wrote down. Luth would tell children Santa does not oh, exist. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. That's preposterous. Yeah. A man coming to your house, <laughs> give you presents. <laughs> Surely he'd take your stuff instead. God. So, uh, King comes back with the staves, Ada and Lilith staves, saying that they're going to his castle. Which Luz hesitates for a second, but agrees to go the instant Hootie indicates she's not playing along well enough. And Lilith wants to go because she's suddenly super into history and doesn't like being questioned. <laughs> Which, like, even if you are a master historian, that's not, like, how history works. Nobody has the full story. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Clearly, they never got a copy of A People's History of the United States in the Boiling Isles. <laughs> um, Hootie is also coming for the first time, and to do so, he rips himself out of the door of the house off-screen. We don't see exactly how he does it, but it does leave some pulsating organs behind in the hole he leaves in the door. But he's in a birdhouse-shaped backpack now. It's cute. Poor to Hootie is great, except for the parts he leaves behind yep yeah St still always uh laugh whenever i watch that segment and see uh the reactions that loose uh lilith and king always have because <laughs> it's just loose about to puke lilith having a heart attack and king crying <laughs> like god good uh, shit not to spoil it but that picture that reaction picture is the uh the picture i'll be using for the tweet when we announce the episode's live <laughs> Uh, it's hardly a spoiler when they're hearing this, they'll have already Fair. seen it. But I'm spoiling yeah, you but... in particular, nobody. <laughs> Casey already knows, I already showed her. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um. So they all take off, and as they do, uh, Ida leaves the shower. She doesn't know where they went, but she's excited to have some time to herself and takes her legs off to relax. Which, I mean, jealous. But uh, as she does this, she spots King's note and takes off after them in the bathtub boat, which apparently is fully capable of moving on lands, despite not having wheels. <laughs> you know. Yeah, we, we only... It's a nightmare before Christmas. It's... Oh, yeah, we've only seen it. Gross legs. We only, oh, yeah, we only had seen that tub go through water before. But it's like, if it can fly, why did Ida not fly away with the money? In episode in season <laughs> one, episode one, why did she use it to just sail to that little bit of island? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to say uh, I, I am very glad they're doing a lot more like removable limb shenanigans in this <laughs> season because when i was watching season one i was like huh they bring up Ida losing limbs like in the first episode or two and then it does not come back to like very late in the season i was like huh, yeah there's, there's a few points where she has like a hand attached but that's really it like it's not it's not as like prevalent compared to like how it is in here and also next episode yeah. since we see that it happens a little too I won't lie, that really threw me off the first time I watched this series, because they draw so little attention to it. Yeah. That, like, outside of that first episode, I kind of forgot it was a thing she could do. Yeah, it, just, it, just it's just, it's just what happens when you get older, as I've been told. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's just no accurate. Yeah, this is accurate, that just happens. Okay, but there's another, actually, um, limb shenanigan that we need to talk about right here. <laughs> oh boy. So she took her legs off right after she got out of the shower, they were wearing her slippers. And we see her putting her legs back on as she runs out the door, but they're fully dressed. And when her legs are back on, apparently she's wearing leggings. So either she is magicking her leggings back together after severing them so she could put her feet in them separately, or she's been wearing shorts and knee socks this whole time. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Ida, Ida, I'm just Ida, saying, knee socks is funny. Ida can do what she likes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, flying hours later, uh, Lilith is advocating giving up because they haven't found anything. But King spots an island that apparently isn't on any maps, and also it doesn't look like a body part. It's crazy. <laughs> They uh, land, and he says that this is where he woke up after shrinking uh, in Ida's arms, and she took her took him home. So they head to the tower, hiking through the jungle, because they can't fly closer. The trees are too thick, which seems deliberate, maybe? Suspicious. <laughs> yeah, they find uh, the castle in the center of the island, and the door to the castle is shaped like an enormous keyhole, so... <laughs> mm -hmm. It sure is. Yep. Yeah, very spooky. I wonder what that could be about. <laughs> I'm sure it's nothing. Yeah, sure, sure, not sure that's fine. It's never gonna come back that it's anything important at all. Not, not a bit. <laughs> <laughs> we just need some like kid with a magical key sword to seal it up, and everything will be fine. <laughs> see, see, this is what I'm saying. We get swords and Smash Bros. Now we get the Owl House world in Kingdom Hearts Four, or whatever, and then we can get loose in the Smash Brothers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she just pulled one of her taunts is just Amity shows up and gives her a kiss. And then it's all good. Uh, yeah, so the door is blocked by a bunch of rubble, and King just sort of wiggles his way in, saying he'll find them another route. 
And while he's gone, Lilith starts inspecting the runes on the wall, saying they're in an unknown language. She's very excited by the mystery. And at this point, King somehow tosses about a ton of rubble out of the way. <laughs> it doesn't explain how he did this. It just bursts out of there so they can walk in. <laughs> yeah. Also, just a, takes... sorry, just a little detail I noticed. Uh, when Hootie remarks that the graffiti on him looks way better than the ruins, uh, the cool S's that Luce has drawn on him are definitely in the colors of the Calamity Trio from Amphibia. Because there's a green one, a blue uh, one, and a pink one. Nice. Uh, I'm not saying there's a Nowell House Amphibia crossover at any point, because no, there probably isn't. But it definitely seems like it was an intentional goof considering that, like, Dana Terrace is good friends with Matt Brawley. <laughs> I hesitate to bring this up, but we had confirmation earlier that Hootie is covered in feathers. Mm -hmm. And, like, if Luz is drawing on him, he just must have the absolute worst texture. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Feathers that can take a marker stain? No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, also, is it like, I mean, Hootie doesn't fly, so I guess it wouldn't, like, affect, like, that, but is it like whenever you have, like, oil on a bird, how they can't fly at all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if he could fly, he wouldn't be able to anymore. Yeah, so they enter the ruins, and they explore a room that King calls the Heart-Eating Chamber, where they find some ancient carvings of a dude who basically looks like a buff version of King with a beard, and also some strange cairns. They're stacks of three stones, the top of one is kind of U-shaped. Yeah. And Lilith wigs out about this. <laughs> Sorry, were you saying something, Casey? I was just saying, ah uh, yes, the, the rare banana stone. <laughs> <laughs> Very common on this type of environment. Extremely common. <laughs> but yeah, um, Lilith is mostly freaked out because if this entire island wasn't included in history, what else was? She's starting to learn. <laughs> uh, she and Tootie sort of begin to suspect that King's been right the whole time. So Blues points out a blocked passage in the roof, which is blocked kind of improbably, honestly. Like, I guess it could happen, but it's weird. Yeah, it's like, those stones have to be wedged just right in order for it to actually be sealed off. Yeah, it's just a bunch of rocks in a hole that should be falling, but aren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she points out that passage and then suggests that they go home, because Ida's probably drinking apple blood, so I guess the silky grist sold okay. And... Also, it's very hard to get Ida off the roof after she's had three of them, so I guess it's pretty dang alcoholic. <laughs> but uh, Hootie and Lilith interrupt, begging for more information, and while King gives them a tour, Luz starts exploring deeper. Yeah. Into a side chamber where there are tons of corpses with weird heads. Yeah. I have the note that they kind of look like humanoid dragapults, but... Also, I guess, just guys with boomerang heads if you don't do Pokemon, so... Yeah, yeah I, I wrote down, Hollow, Hollow Knight-looking motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, they, they kind of do look like they, they have, like, the Hollow Knight kind of mask of, like, all those bug people. Just, yeah, you know, so just some dead bug boys. <laughs> common in the crypts of weird lock castle things. That happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah. like how we said before, it just always becomes goop monsters, because these boys are goop. <laughs> Owl House loves goo men. That is... Yep. 
fucking can't get enough of these gelatinous folk. Fucked up. We'll see. I don't know. So yeah, Luce sees something moving and runs back into the hardening chamber where she tries to get the others to run, but one of the boomerang dudes follows her because apparently there's one of them still alive. And Lola spears it with ice magic, but it just kind of, like, warps around her spikes. And honestly, the mood I got from this was very much of Bellos' meat magic rather than goo. Yeah. I also just like that, like, Luce just says, dang, at this point. It's like, obviously they can't let Luce say, damn, or anything like that. But, like, I do like that she just says, dang, because she's impressive. Let, mm -hmm. let, uh, progress of this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but the feeling I got from these guys but that was that they were, like, meat magic holding these stone creations together. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's like the... That's, that's sort of the vibe. Yeah, the, the goopy you know. meat stuff just, I was just keeps all the rocks together. Goopy is, you know, a catch-all term. For, <laughs> I don't like to look at it. It's, I don't know, it's gooey and weird. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so uh, they all start running, and Ida arrives with a bunch of what look like elixirs on her bandolier, but they're apparently just generic potions. And she tells them to run. Uh, Luce wants to stay and help, but apparently Ida says that they can't beat it and to go. Which, I don't know what's going on here, if she's underestimating them or overestimating herself without magic, but yeah. So they head outside and wait for her, and she heads out a few seconds after them, but the thing can't follow them. Apparently it can't leave the boundary of the castle. So Luz concludes that it's a guard against intruders, but King is very mad about this, because if it's his castle, then he can't intrude in it. And then we get into the trauma portion of the exercise. They do. <laughs> There's always gotta be one. <laughs> yeah, so, um, this is pretty much when King realizes that nobody believes him. Um, no one says that out loud, but he kind of intuits it, and at this point, Ida says that it's finally time for her to tell him the truth. Uh, eight years ago, she found this island that apparently just appeared in front of her, looking out of a bunch of mist when she was looking to hide from the coven, and it plays that opening scene again, but the thing rushing towards her was Baby King, who is basically just a little puppy. He was Very the one cute. building all the cairns. <laughs> yeah. I like how round his head is as a baby. That's <laughs> Yeah, so he's the one who's been stacking all these stones and making the things. But uh, basically, as soon as Ida meets him, the guard appears, so she grabs him and runs. But as she does, it fires a projectile that somehow manages to pass the barrier and shoots off the horn that King's had broken this whole time. She took him home, put a collar on him because he's a dog, and then all of a sudden he started being bipedal and talking, and she did not take the collar off of him. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he starts building more cairns in her living room, so she names him King because he kept making subjects, and also because King is his first word. And told him about the things kings do, which is apparently commanding armies and having feasts, which also caused him to remember doing those things. But in the present, he insists that she's lying, and she pulls the broken horn out of her hair. I... I don't know why she didn't do that earlier. Like... Okay, 
So this is a thing that I had planned to talk about later, but we're going to talk about it now. When he touches the horn, he gets his memories back. So is his mind encoded in the skull? Does he just... During the charity stream, somebody asked for a drawing of King without the skull, and it was just a horrible yep. thing. But, like, <laughs> is that accurate, apparently? Does he just not have a brain? His whole self is the bones? Maybe? Also, how did his broken horn grow outside of him? Because <laughs> when they reattach yeah. it way later on, it definitely is the same size as his current horn, when it should have been Baby King size horn. Yeah. Like, honestly, I think... I think he's a Twi'lek. He's got his brain stored in his Leku. <laughs> Ramhorn access memories. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I kind of have a weird sort of thought about the whole because he makes the little little rock pillar things, and I was <laughs> like, "Huh, is that like? Is it maybe?" Some like eventually, because the you know they're guarded by rock dudes who have similar, just look like bigger versions of the the little rock pillars. And I was like, is that how he he's building like a real army? And then there would be some I don't know, just theory crafting about <laughs> maybe that maybe if you know st- he had not continued to live there with you know whatever family he had. They might become also become goo goo boys. Yeah, very possible. Also, just I just from the flashback scene when Baby King is making more of the the subjects in Eda's living room, she just has a full fucking cooked turkey that he uses as one of them. Where did she get this turkey from? <laughs> Dumpster dive. Yeah, she went to the human realm and took it and was like, this is something valuable to try to sell, right? <laughs> Not realizing that some Listen. somehow somebody in the human realm had just thrown out an entire fucking turkey in the trash. Well, Eating I mean, a chicken that's... that you that's find in the trash restores work. your hit points. <laughs> uh, yeah. that, that is how grocery stores work, they just... Yeah, but but out. this yeah, but this one is like cooked. It's not just like the whole bird like it is. Like it, you don't buy it when it's oh. like already pre cooked like this, unless unless I guess it's it's like a rotisserie chicken, but it's just like a full turkey. <laughs> oh yeah, forgot. I was thinking of rotisserie chickens and not turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was Thanksgiving and they had them pre pre cooked. Yeah. Um. So. We get this a little bit, he touches his horn and remembers a little bit of what she told him, and then he throws it away, saying it's messing with his head. Which is where we get the idea that his memory is apparently stored in the horns. Um, and he panics, because he thinks that they're messing, making fun of him again, but they aren't, and so he just runs off into the jungle. The others split up to look for him on the island, and loses the one to find him on the beach, where he is very upset and is worried that if Ida was right, then that makes him a nobody. If he wasn't a king, he doesn't matter. But Luce says he does matter, and that she loves him, and she apologizes for lying about believing him. But he's mostly upset that everyone did it, and also that thinks he's dumb for not noticing. And <laughs> then Luce does a thing that I entirely disagree with, 
But uh, yes, in an empath of the year moment, she decides that now is the time to talk about something that she doesn't think added up about the castle. <laughs> they haven't figured out what the memory of falling was about, and she just changes the subject in the middle of this conversation. No more reassurances. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, he's f figures that it's probably another thing he made up because he's busy having an existential crisis. But she thinks that the memory of him falling was probably from the blocked up shaft in the castle. So he doesn't want to go, because he's afraid that finding out more will make the story worse, but Luce assures him that they're all on his side no matter what's up there. They go back to the others, and Ida apologizes, thinking that King is mad at her, but he just boops her nose and makes her promise not to keep any more secrets, which, very good character development for King here. Remember last season? Yeah, remember all the times we kept saying that King was such a little shit in season one? Uh-huh. Uh, in the heart-eating chamber, the, uh, the the goo dude is fixing up the cairns that were knocked over during the fight, because apparently it just puts him back every time they get knocked down. When it gets hit by an explosive potion, Lilith and Hootie are flying around distracting it, while the others go invisible and use another explosive potion to clear the shaft. Uh, it's, it's... Uh, Hootie has apparently swallowed a bunch of potions, and Lilith is acting as a mobile weapons platform, <laughs> just pointing him so he can barf them in the yeah, right direction. I, I still really like Lilith's face as he's doing it, because like, she's just absolutely grossed out by it. <laughs> uh, it's gross. Also, did you notice the uh, the freeze frame on the, the bottle that gets thrown through the, the doorway at first by Ida? Don't think if, I did, if you no. freeze frame, it's definitely, you can see, like, a little sticky note in it of, like, a doodle either did of herself where she's doing, like, the whole putting a finger near one of your eyes and pulling it down and doing, like, the tongue sticking out, like, anime thing of, like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's also, I think it also has, like, XOXO, you know. <laughs> so she's picking up Luz's habits, I guess. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so the, uh, the rubble blows and the, the shaft clears and they all fly up. But the thing pursues them up there, sort of stretching itself so that it can hold both sides of the shaft at the same time. Uh, this castle is just very weirdly built. I-M-H-O. This central shaft has a bunch of hallways leading off of it, but there's no way to get up or down it unless you can fly, so... It's... yeah, I don't know. There are... up in the top room, it's apparently big and empty. But there is a door, which they back up to as this thing chases them, and it glows and opens when King touches it. So they scramble inside and shut the door, which locks the beastie out. And we're going to get a couple weird moments here at the end. Just, I don't know what's up with this, but like they go in there and Lilith said that this room is old. Like, yes, no kidding. You already told me that this whole castle is ancient. Thank you for pointing out that one of the rooms in it is also ancient. <laughs> But there are designs of that um, guardian creature carved all over the walls. Apparently it was meant to guard whatever was from here. And King doesn't really remember anything, but he takes his horn again to get his memories back, which frankly just confirms my Twi'lek theory. And we see him as a fetus, which is not fun in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's... <laughs> this is the body horror episode. Yeah, it's a little strange. Yeah, so he apparently can form memories even before birth. So as a fetus, he was hearing an enormous roar, but couldn't do anything about it, so he went back to sleep. 
And then the next thing he remembers is hatching from a gigantic egg. So definitely not a dog. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a Pokemon. You know, they yeah. come out. Yeah, you know, he's a mammal-like creature, but you know, came from an egg. Yeah, he's gotta figure if he evolves in the Alola region, he gets a cool. <laughs> he gets to become ghost type. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he is able to crawl immediately upon hatching, so that's nice at least. And he crawls directly to the magic door and opens it, where the guardian thing grabs him and then just dives down the central shaft. This feels like bad guarding to me, but I guess I'm not a guardian. Um, this is the falling he remembers, is seeing him, the shaft fall away above him as he drops. And at this point, he says that the roar he heard meant sun, so apparently he has, like, a genetic language, which is very cool and I want to know more about. <laughs> um, he says that this was his dad, and Luce realizes that it must have been his dad in all of these carvings. The guardian bursts through the door, but King commands it to stop, and it does, and bows, because apparently it was trying to protect King from them this whole time. <laughs> He gets a little emotional, thinking about his dad, and asks for their help finding him, because it's only been eight years, he's probably still out there somewhere, and he's just really glad someone out there cares about him, which, like, kid, <laughs> have you not been paying attention this whole time, yeah. everyone here cares about yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> especially with where, with uh, the line of thought that he has in the very next episode concerning his dad. <laughs> Also, yeah. I just want to point out, like, where does Lilith get a Polaroid camera from? <laughs> they definitely did not make film for Polaroid cameras in the year. Yeah. Well, presumably 2020. Well, I'm pretty sure it's a demon. Season. It's got teeth. Oh, I, I guess, yeah, but still. It, it <laughs> I was, looks I, like I, a Polaroid. I was going to say, like, must be a real pain to find Polaroid film <laughs> on the island. And I was like, oh, well, all the, you know, a lot of them, I'm sure, got completely exposed. So it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Maybe I, I mean, just I don't like know what kind of film of a demon takes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so uh, back at the L house, uh, King is sort of etching a symbol into the tag on his collar. Uh, it was all over the place in that tower, and he suspects it might be his name, which is cool. Um, apparently the genetic memory thing does not work for writing, so less convenient. But while he does this, Luce glues his horn back on, and he complains about the sensation of the goo, which, like, he has nerve endings in his skull. He can feel it. <laughs> These are flesh bones. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing is him. <laughs> hate to hate to think about it. Everything in the Boiling Isles is terrible. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. It's all good. Um... So they brought the guardian creature back to the L house with them, and he did name it Jean-Luc, keeping up his trend of naming things French names for some reason, but apparently it stopped functioning after leaving the ruins, which does mean that they had to drag the thing the whole way back. <laughs> and keep and keep uh, it in Luce's room for some reason, when they have plenty of rooms that just are not used in the house. <laughs> yeah. So King asks if it's okay that he's still called that, since he isn't actually the king of anything. And this is another reassuring friend moment that Luz gives him that I entirely disagree with. 
Um, instead of telling him that a name can just be whatever you want it to be and mean whatever you want it to mean, Luce says that he's the king of her heart, thereby tying him to yet another potential emotional turmoil when she gets a girlfriend and he isn't the number one in her life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. King, bud, you can just change but... your name to whatever you want. Names can be anything. Yeah. Yeah, you uh... don't even have to change your name. It can mean whatever you want it to mean. Exactly. Yeah, I took my name from fucking tabletop character. You can just name yourself up for whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I told the story about how I got one of my names, and the other one comes from a literal joke that I told, and then I liked how it felt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, jeez. Oh, f- oh, yeah, that story from last week. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was... <laughs> that was that's still gnarly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, um... Luce heads downstairs, where Lilith and Ida are examining pictures of the carvings on the wall, and they don't know how to interpret them. And this is the second of the weird moments we get at the end of the show, because at this point, Ida notes that it appears to be written in an ancient language, as if we didn't already cover that several times (laughs) this episode. I don't know if they thought the viewers were just forgetful, or... I don't know. To To the folks who are only here in the second... Second half of the episode, I guess. If you're just joining us in the last 20 seconds of the episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so Luce has no insight, but the episode ends with her promising to be there for King no matter what they find. The end. Woo! Happy. Yeah. I still stick by what I said in the pilot episode of I just really like that bit of uh, Alex Hirsch's voice work where he's just going through the existential crisis as King, where he's like sitting on the, the log with loose. It's 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 oh, really, yeah, yeah, absolutely it's like just a tier like voice acting for somebody on this show. <sighs> yeah, it's, uh, way more emotive than you would ever expect to come out of King, just because. Yeah. Of- how silly the voice is you wouldn't think he'd be able to do anything yeah with and it. also again with how much of a not great character he was back in season one for the most part <laughs> so yeah uh yeah so we just want to get into uh another uh real bad parenting episode which funnily enough i think it was like i think it was like after you and i did like the third recording ever nobody where i was like Oh dang, I get all the bad parenting episodes in season two. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. You get all the parent episodes and I get the book ones. <laughs> it hardly seems like a fair division of labor. Hey, I'll be fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Okay, so yeah, uh, getting into it because my notes are also uh, fucking long again. Jesus Christ, why do I write so much? Uh, yeah, uh, season two of the four is Keeping Up Appearances, which opens with a flashback to a much younger Ida telling a healer. I wrote doctor in here in my notes. I don't know why I put doctor when he's a member of the healing coven. But yeah, uh, about every time she turns into the owl beast, where it's like envisioned where she sees like a monstrous like owl just chasing after her. And she just runs from it all the time, and as soon as she wakes up from it, she knows that she must have turned into it. The the healer gives her her gem that we've seen on her chest the entire show, which uh, indicates when the, the curse starts to rear up. And her mom, who I don't remember... <laughs> fucking, yeah, even though I did my homework here today of watching this episode today earlier. I, I don't remember if they <laughs> say her name is Gwendolyn just yet, but I'm just going to refer to that since we find it out pretty soon. 
uh, she takes the healer outside to complain about how the healing coven has been useless and that also like the potion coven has just not been able to think about any re uh, solution for the curse either. Uh, she goes on to tell the healer to, air and I quote, cut it out if you have to, which is really fucking bad. <laughs> it's like, yeah, jeez, in this first, like, 20 seconds of this episode when we meet Gwendolyn, it's like, this is gonna be, uh, quite something when we meet this character proper, because, oh boy, if she's already going to this length back when her kid is a teenager, it's only gonna get way worse over time. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, Ida uh, was basically just listening in near her door, so she just overhears us fully, and in a state of panic, uh, she just escapes via her open window, and comes across what kind of looks like a cemetery, and just randomly trips over the portal door case, which activates, and when she hears her mom like approaching, she just flees inside of it, and just the door disappears. Uh, Gwendolyn, like, walks into the clearing there and swears she will find a way to cure Ida. Again, bad foreshadowing about what's gonna happen in this episode. And then, uh, after the opening, we just cut to present-day Ida's morning routine of screwing in her fang, shaving feathers off her leg, and drinking elixir, and she puts on her new outfit for the rest of season two. That is, like, she torn at the hem, which I, I really like her, uh, season two A outfit. It's... I mean, I like your old outfit, but I like this one better. It's just, it's more, I don't know. I guess it's like, it's just more, not necessarily like fancy. I just, I just like the look of it. I, I guess I did, I didn't, yeah, I guess no, I, I guess I just didn't like like the sleeveless look is the thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I agree with you on this, which is very weird because I hate sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love sleeves, it's like... <laughs> Yeah, uh, Luce, uh, was up all night trying to find any method home, like, like, consulting books and even tea leaves and stuff like that, and Ida tells her that her door was already pretty old by the time she'd even found it, and at that point, uh, they hear Lilith scream from the other room because the curse is starting to take hold of her with having, like, feathers sprouting out around her, but Ida's... Um, actually, real quick, there is something I'd like to talk about, mm -hmm. and this might just maybe me remembering poorly but when she finds it in the dirt the door has a big crack oh, across yeah, the so front of it specifically in the yeah, eye and i don't remember that being there no it definitely doesn't by the time that we see the door back in season one so like yeah so i don't know what's yeah up with that. like somehow Ida must have like fixed it or something or it healed over time who can say like, maybe it was damaged, which is why it was discarded in the ground or something, and over time it, like, heals or whatever. We're not sure. That would be very creepy, and I love yep. it. I mean, hey, it's keeping in, uh, keeping on theme with everything from the Boiling Owls being the creepiest shit possible. <laughs> Door has been alive this whole time, and we just don't know it. It would not surprise me. Yeah, yeah. as I was saying, yeah, the Lilith has the curse start to rear up, but uh, Ida just pours the Nexus on her throat and makes it go away for a bit. Uh, yeah, Lilith just says it was horrible to notice her left hand has come detached, because it's now affecting her that way. But both of the sisters are late, and like, well, at least the elixir's work again, now the curse has been slipped between them. Uh, Ida's just gone and secured the elixir's soul of the house just in case one of them needs it, and... Like Lilith apologizes about having what she like what she's put her sister through, but Ida just waves it off and says she just appreciates having company in the house again. Yep. 
Luz and Ida go outside to continue their conversation about the door, where uh, Ida explains that she never found out where her door came from, nor who'd made it. And when Luz asked why she had never told anyone about the door, Ida admits that she was using it to hide from someone. And that someone immediately, of course, at that point, shows up, because it was her mom who's come by, because she claims that she has heard about the petrification ceremony and has some thoughts on Bellows. But uh, Lilith also happens to hear her mom's outside and tries to interject, saying that she was also there too, please pay attention to me, but just gets tossed aside so that Gwen can speak to Ida, because she claims she has found <laughs> a cure after 30 years of work, work. So we also officially get a timeline of how long it's been. So, like, if we can presume that, like, when Ida and Lilith were trying to get into the Emperor's Cabin, they were probably closer to the end of their school education. Because, like, we know Ida is, like, like, roughly, like, two years younger, so, like, Lilith would have to be, like, around, like, 18, and Ida would have been, like, 16 or so, which puts them closer, like, mid to late 40s at this point. Unless Gwen is just round, unless yeah. Gwen's just rounding up and just saying, uh, about 30 years. Yeah, either that, or they were going through school real fast. They might have skipped grades like Gus yeah. did. Or the Emperor's Kevin just recruits really young. Oh, well, I mean, they're a cult who work for a fascist, so yes, they absolutely yeah, recruit young. Yeah, they are just exactly like <laughs> America's militia, where they try to get you right out of high school. And sometimes before. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ida just refuses to accept her help, which sounds loose and Lilith, and says that her elixirs are good enough for her. Her mom tries to protest with some really anti-medicine rhetoric about wondering what goes on in those potions. But Ida just says she knows and tosses her mom away on her staff. Just it. <laughs> uh, I thought, like, Lilith berates her sister because she hasn't seen their mother in ages. And, you know, it's like, why would you refuse to accept a cure when she had it right there? And even, like, Luz brings up that she killed a serial mom and, well, Ida just launches hers into the sky. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Ida just retorts that Gwen comes around every year with a new folk medicine cure that never works, so she's just stopped caring. And that immediately just causes a like, downward spiral in Lilith because, like, she had not known that their mother visits Ida <laughs> regularly, which obviously she doesn't get those. Oh boy. Yeah, again, the bad parenting episode. It's always mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Luz chases after Gwen and tries to apologize in his behalf, but she says that the curse uh, created a rift between the two of them, and that, that Luz mentions a literal rift that's between her and her own mom. And as her second, Gwen says that she knows how to fix both their uh, rift problems because she had heard something that could be useful to Luce and offers to exchange it for assisting with curing the curse. Again, you are exploiting a child here, lady. <laughs> you, you are saying I will give you the information you need to go back home in exchange for you helping me with something that your mentor and my daughter clearly does not want. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, but... I don't know. You're absolutely right, but I just... They aren't subtle from instant one that she appears, that she's into some real alternate medicine homeopathy nonsense, yeah, you yeah, know? That, yeah. So it absolutely tracks for me that she'd be trying to get kids on board, because that's how that works. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Listen, Ida, you just gotta drink these essential oils and <laughs> Oh, no, don't drink he? essential oils. <laughs> yeah, be... but they're essential. You have to drink them. <laughs> so you're to, like, no, the you fool! It's actually because they're the essence of a, of whatever you extracted them from. Oh god! 
Jeez. Uh, Have you gone through organic chemistry one? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I've like, ever really, like, paid much attention to that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I, I had version, to do a... They're topical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just had... To, I did, like, a whole lab on extracting, like, cinnamaldehyde from cinnamon. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I just don't get, like, the... Like the kind of people that are like talk about their like astrological signs and everything. It's like, what does that fucking matter, really? I don't, I don't know. But I mean, like, I, yeah. I, I also, of course, like got a real big laugh about like the people talking about jack off crystals. So it's like, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm glad we were there for that. Yeah. Solution. Gwendolyn comes. <laughs> I've always been really fascinated by that sort of thing, so I do know a lot about it, even though I don't like participate yeah. so like, like, again, like yeah. if, if you really care about astrological signs it's like sure okay whatever it's like it's just not something that i necessarily like grasp nor really care much about but hey if, yeah. if, it, if it helps you out get if he helps you get through life day to day sure yeah. you do you i guess yeah i I'd never quite believed much in astrology because my sign is like a leo and everything i read about is like Oh, you're a leader type, and it's like, well, that's not true. Yeah, that's a fucking lie. <laughs> all, all I know is my sign is a like a deer or whatever. Or, I guess what ram? I would say I is that, uh, ram would be Chinese zodiac. Oh, okay. Yeah. But whatever yeah. Capricorn is, I guess it's a deer, right? Oh, Capricorn, you're right. Okay. Yeah. It's like a goatfish, man. Yeah, whatever. It's a weird. It's a thing. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think of it as a goat because it's too many things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, what I was saying is that if it's a tool that gives you an interesting perspective on yourself and maybe lets you do some self-reflecting, that's great, but yeah. don't, like, make decisions based on yeah, it. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's something that I see on, like, people's, like, dating profiles where it's like, oh, I'm a Leo, so obviously I can only be with uh, Sagittarius or whatever, and it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, my guy? <laughs> like, yeah. what, why does whatever point of the year you were born in determined who you could possibly date? <laughs> Uh, math. Yeah. It's complicated. It's, like, it's, a, it's a detailed science. Wait, uh, it is, I'm thinking of astrology. Or no, astronomy. Which, I, fuck, I get those two confused. Yeah, no, I get them confused the, all the time, too. Yeah. <laughs> My joke is ruined. I'm a failure. <laughs> but yeah, uh, getting back to it, because I feel like we've talked about, like, star signs too much. Uh, Luce agrees to help out, and the two of them go to meet uh, Master Wartlov, who is a curse expert. They see him heal a, as I put it in my notes, a little chihuahua goblin looking guy. Because I don't know how else to really <laughs> describe these dudes. But yeah, he's got like uh, boils on his eyes, and they see Wartlov just cure him and everything. So that suitably impresses Luce a little bit. And Gwen presents him with the items that he'd requested for his assistance, which include. And I wrote down here a copper egg from the snowy rib cage, the silver dagger from the swampy toes, and the golden chalice from the desert of palm stings, which I like that pun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Wartlop pulls his end of the bargain and gives her a tome that contains the cure, but warns her to keep the way from non believers due to its power being able to blind them. Uh, they leave and prepare to lure Ida out of the house with some signs for free apple blood and whatnot. And King's watching them from the window, talking to his little stuffed bunny, Francois, about the possibility that his own dad could pop in, just like Gwen has. Lilith's <laughs> just on the couch getting drunk off fucking ice cream is the best way I can describe it. 
Where there's some good fucking flavors there. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Yeah, I really, I yeah. really like like the Frankenberry one because it's just a joke on Frankenstein. And there's a. I prefer key slime pie personally. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I still had like the slime part of it, but I didn't see the rest of it. Yeah, they have some pretty good puns on there. I think like even one. Yeah. I think like there's even like one about like uh, I think it's like scareberry or something. That's something, something similar to like a joke about berries. Yeah. One of them is definitely Obama berry, and it's colored purple, so I guess the theory is you're eating frozen abominations. So. <laughs> Possibly. We, we still don't even know what goes into abomination. Or it's a, you know, abomination-themed ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, uh, she's just there telling King not to get his hopes up, saying some parents never acknowledge their success and don't care about how dutiful you are and just don't give you the time of day, which... Fuck. <laughs> just thinking a lot about my own situation here a lot of the time watching this episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought about it a bit because the only reason I am here is because my family is not. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yep. But yeah. I can't wait to move out. Whatever. Yeah. But yes. Uh, Family's fun. Family sure is fun. But yeah. Uh. We don't mean to get too real here. We might have to put a content warning about bad f- family stuff as well here. Nobody. Well, there was always going to be a content I, warning I ca- about bad I kind family of stuff a, on I this kind episode. Of a concerned I was on the previous one. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, continue on. King tries to tell Francois. Why can't I say Francois anymore? Uh, that Lilith's wrong about his dad, but she just lashes back with a really kind of mean-spirited remark about how his father didn't even stick around to watch King Hatch and that they're both uh, cut from the same cloth, which just immediately depresses King. Uh, yeah, rude. Yeah. Does Lilith do anything but get King sad or upset? Sources say no. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> but yeah, uh, Lucy and Gwen finish their preparations and Gwen tells her how she had to prove her dedication during Warlock's trust with his secrets and shows off how much she got over the last year of work. To yeah, please, me. please stop playing, praying for my grandma. She is getting <laughs> too strong. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the hero either just completely fall for their trap, commenting out she, and she does fully comments about how she wants to stock up on Mama's night juice. So yes, it is alcohol. <laughs> there's no, there's yeah. no dance around it anymore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna skip over like the various little things that they try to like learn the like drive to the. Yeah. That'll be sound for because we're scene... just running along with this. Yeah, there's a quick bit where she's like climbing the cliff, and you do see in the background like a fucking Looney Tunes, you know, battle. Like, what is it? <sighs> you see like a bunch of like saw blades and yeah. cut down stuff, which is like one of the I'm assume many attempts. Of the Emperor's Coven to fucking get her. Yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> she was climbing the cliff, but like, did she, maybe I, f- I just didn't realize she didn't have her staff, but like, she, I thought, like, couldn't just fly up with Albert? Or. Well, she's got to follow the signs to see exactly where it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do really like the, the first bit where, like, they're firing special crystals at her. They're supposed to calm her, and it's just giant fucking <laughs> spikes that. Either remarks about saying knife season's come early this year. <laughs> Which again, great, more great memory for the boiling owls. Everybody should definitely live there. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, the stress of all this starts to cause feathers to poof around Anita's neck, and Luz tries to take out Elixir from her little fanny pack that she's got on. But Gwen tells her that the feathers mean the beast is being driven out, and that they should just continue the process as is. Uh, back at the owl house, meanwhile, uh, King and Lilith are. I counted this. They have destroyed at least 18 containers of ice cream. 
<laughs> they are just like just fully like dying on the couch <laughs> from having eaten too much. And when King asks about how one even gets a parent's attention, Lilith admits she doesn't have a clue since her mom didn't even attend her own initiation to the Emperor's Coven. Again, really bad outlook of Gwen here. <laughs> like, holy <laughs> shit, this lady. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get it. It's a cartoon. They're, like, really trying to oversell the fact that she is, like, not been that attentive. But, like, jeez, lady. Go to your, yeah, go to your kid's mean, own graduation. She's, like, <laughs> she's like Heinz Doofenshmirtz level neglected is the thing. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about that. It's like... It does not seem like I'm not gonna say it out loud, but like, I am thinking about poor poor Heinz. It all started on yeah. the day of my birth. Neither <laughs> of my parents actually showed up. Yeah. It sucks uh, that boy. Summer Lowe had to act as a lawn gnome. <laughs> but yeah. Uh continue. I mean I'd believe that she was raised by Ocelots though. <laughs> but, yeah. It, it's a bad but yeah, uh, King is just like kind of fed up and says that he's his dad has to come to him instead of him going to him, and Lilith just kind of piggybacks on that, saying that she's sick of being overlooked and fully just announces her mother would say so to her face. And King King says that her mom's right outside, so she can do that. Uh, and Lilith just starkly remarks that she's just paying attention to eat again with trying to heal the curse, but that she totally doesn't care at all. No, definitely not. Which, of course, of course, is proven immediately wrong when Fever is back from her cheeks from the stress. And the curse just overtakes her fully because she can't find a single elixir in there. In the house. Uh, yeah. Uh, continuing on. Uh, da -da. uh yeah, Luz brings up how, like, nothing they're trying is actually working with getting the, cure the curse healed from Ida. And she sees Gwen on a raven, one of those little raven phone things. And she just like pours some gems and fairly heirloom, uh, family heirlooms into a bag for it to carry away, saying that the ancient tome is merely part one of a series and is ordering the next part. <laughs> Luce is just fed up and just grabs the book of a plant glyph and sees just a bunch of hokey fake cures in it, like jar of bees for existential dread and aromatherapy for broken legs, and just fully tells her <laughs> that she's being scammed. Uh, yeah, Luce then decides to call it the plan, but Gwen smashes the elixir from her and says that healers and potion makers sell impotent cures to make money, showing her a very convincing picture in the book about how you should definitely spend money on Wartlop instead of those proven heal like cures and whatnot. Well, sure, it's got a two-page spread. That's how you know it's important. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, Lucy says that she'll just go back to the house for more of the elixir, but Quentin shows her that her palisman, Hoxie, just raided the entire house of every bottle. So Luz fully just tackles Gwen out of the tree trying to get the one that she has <laughs> out of her and Ida sees the two of them fall down and finally gets the truth out of them. And at that, like, Ida declares that she has a right to be upset about <laughs> what's been going on and, because, yeah, she totally does. She has every right to be pissed about her mom and even Luz a little bit here. And <laughs> but it does cause her to lose control and the curse takes over. And, like, Gwen fully just says that the book says that all she has to do for the the cure here is to pay 15 more installments of 180 snails for Volume 7. Which, just immediately also, just like in Episode 3, prompts a very good look on Lucy's face where she's just fully frustrated and just, like, does the whole, like, two hands out of, like, see what I'm talking about kind of thing. Definitely. Here, def if you get this one, you get the tiger poster. Yeah. 
I've definitely gotten a lot of mileage out of that frustrated loose picture uh, a lot over the last, uh, let's see, uh, what the fuck did this episode there? Like, like June or whatever? Yeah, in the last, like, nine months or so of being very frustrated with shit going on in my life. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, at that, uh, King shows up and explains what happened to Lilith, who flies in in her officially now named as of the uh, charity livestream that Dana did. Because there was actually that recording of uh, Sissy Jones doing a letter of Lilith to Hootie in response to his letter from episode 8, where she she <laughs> does officially call it the Raven Beast form. So it is official, that name that everybody thought of is actually canon. But yeah, uh, she shows up in her Raven Beast form and starts fighting Owl Beastita a little bit, just because I guess they're just mindless and can't control themselves. And Raven Lilith just easily kicks the shit out of Owl Lita and just flies off of her. At that, uh, Gwen, re Gwen remarked how that could have possibly been Lilith, and King just berates her with the very appropriate question of, were you not even paying attention to her? <laughs> Which, yes, put this woman on fucking blast. <laughs> she has earned it. Yeah, yeah for yeah. real. Uh, yeah, Luce and King take off to go try to help in any way they can, but Gwen hesitates and instead, like, flies off to talk to Wartloff about this. And she just fully sees, like, more of those little Chihuahua Goblin guys uh, making fake cures with the uh, whole Wartlock costume just, like, hanging there unoccupied. Yeah. Yep. The old three goblins in a trench coat routine. Yep, exactly <laughs> that. So, yeah, Gwen uses her beeskeeping magic to make their campfire uh, fire bees, like, just burn a lot of shit around them to threaten them and tells them to just fucking get lost and never come back. And, Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's that guy done. He's not gonna come back again, probably. I say this, and meanwhile, it's like, we already know- I, what if, I, I said that- What yeah, if he and Tibbles yeah, work together? Yeah, like, I, I was about to just say, I've said this before, just like three episodes ago, or four, or whatever it was, like, Tibbles is not gonna come back again ever, and sure enough, Tibbles is back. So, I don't know, maybe Warlock does come back, who the fuck knows. But yeah. Uh, Lilith and Ida uh, get the, over the Bones Barrow and continue their fight there, and Luce tries to bargain with Morton for elixirs with a hyper-realistic pencil portrait of him as payment. Why does yeah. he have this portrait of Morton? <laughs> can I interest you in some NFTs? Slams the door. You can hate or you can is, create! He is basically trying to buy potions with an NFT, yeah, in a sense. God. Yeah, but at least he would get the physical art that, out of it. It's not just a link to true. it. This is actually just art. This is not an NFT, actually. <laughs> It'd be different yeah. if she was trying to sell him an illusion of a portrait of him. Yeah, yeah. this is a real messed up episode. Gus tries to do that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, Gwen arrives with a stack of cash, probably just money that she took back from Wartloff to buy elixirs and from Morton. And, yeah, she she basically just, like, uh, approaches uh, Owlita and just kind of, like, temporarily wakes her up by touching her little cheek and saying that she should have apologized to her and embraced every part of her daughter. Which, yes, parents, take note, you fucking should listen to your children when they tell you shit. <laughs> but, yeah, and then, uh, Ida, in her, like, restored mind phallus after she, like, dispels the uh, Owl Beast control a little bit, pins Lilith down so that Gwen can do the same to apologize to her, too. 
And then King just fully steps on both their necks to open their mouths so Luce can dump elixirs down their throats that she flies overhead. <laughs> it's, it's like very... Yeah, she has really good yeah, aim. It's, it's, it's kind of goofy and funny how it's like there's like this little like tender moment of like a parent admitting their problems and everything and apologizing to their kids. And then just immediately interrupted by King stepping on both their necks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I also would like to note that the shingles are alive and they do have bat wings. On... Yeah. That's a fucked up thing. Well, I think it's I think it's more like uh, I think Gwen enchanted them for beekeeping magic. I don't think it's like I don't think they are, were originally alive. I think she just creates them that way using her beekeeping magic. Yeah, she can definitely conjure animals, so that wouldn't be a shock. Yeah, yeah it seemed like okay. that, that. We've never seen any other beekeeper conjure animals, but she sure does. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But, I mean, we we will see that in a in the four three episodes time actually, where we'll see like the uh, the big like rat worm thing summoned from nowhere. But like, I mean, that's mm -hmm. probably just like it's just hell importing it to get it to be present as opposed to this, where it seems like she just turns like you know shingles of a house into like little creatures. So maybe maybe yeah. it's just enchanting right. it. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Eden and Lola transform back and they just go back to the owl house and later that evening, Gwen apologizes once again. And unfortunately, Lilith decided to go live back home to make up for lost time and to research the curse together. So unfortunately, we don't get Lilith for the rest of this part of the season anymore past here. Except for like a little letter to Hootie. Yeah, <laughs> Hootie's sad about her departure, but she says that they could be pen pals. And Gwen then decides to actually give Luce the knowledge that she should have given her from the start that another human had lived in Bonesboro, and that sometimes Titan's blood causes leaks between their worlds. And she says that the human that had been in the demon realm disappeared one day, but uh, according to rumor, had left something in the library. And so with that, Gwen and Lilith leave, and Luce just hangs out outside, falling about how the camp must be ended by now, but that she promises that she'll find her way back home. And then we get the scene that so many people had so many theories about for so long because it's a shot of Kamiya being handed a tissue by somebody who has Luce's body type and voice, but is dubbed over in shadows, <laughs> which is where everybody really started like coming up with the term creepy Luce. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's a big up. Oh hey, actually, I'm gonna step out for a sec, right quick. Uh, this is some foley work of me. Yep, definitely walking out of the room. Oh hey, uh, sorry I'm late. Uh, I'm glad we can start the recording. Oh shit, what's been going on for how long? What the fuck? Uh, uh, uh. Oh no, it must have been dark, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked up. Yeah. I, I... Oh, don't you hate it when that happens? <laughs> yeah, I'm living in a fucking 2012 YouTube review. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just remember, like, all the theories people had about Creepy Luce for that, like, couple of weeks there before we actually find out who she is. Like, there were just... I mean, a lot of that started with, like, the Grom episode, of people being like, it's gotta be something working for Bellas to keep, like, everybody in the human realm unaware that Luce is missing and everything. And it's like, no, it's actually just a scared little girl who's just didn't mean to do any of this, but just kept going with it because she was scared. <laughs> It's, it's very funny <laughs> how it goes. And then also gets very sad because once we actually meet that character, she's had a rough time. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. It's another mom episode. Yeah, it sure is. Oh boy. It's another mom episode that I have to talk about. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of other notes about uh, keeping up appearances that I haven't already covered. 
I just I just noted that I like the fact that the it really is that good sign that Luce had made has the upside down exclamation mark before that good because that's how you, you would uh, <laughs> write anything sentence with exclamation points in Spanish, even though it's written in English. So it's like yeah, whatever. But I, I do. This is a very. I have one dumb thing to say, mm -hmm. which is, uh, you actually see the you know the tattoo of the Beastkeeper Coven on yes. Edith's mom's arm, and in my dumb state, I was like, damn, that does look like a big bowl of pasta. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yep. It kind of does. I mean, I mean, it's a beast hatching from an egg, I'm pretty sure is what they're going for with that design, but yeah, it does look like it, it does look like it's just like some still, like little lizard thing in a bowl. Some sketty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, that's kind of all my notes. I don't know if either of you have anything else about it. But yeah, I yeah. suppose that we should probably actually continue and get to the uh, the trivia section that I do. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, there's not as much trivia here. There's just a few little things I had to note that we haven't uh, gone over. Uh, it's funny that it actually takes until Season 2, Episode 3 for Lilith to actually address Luce by her name because she just has always ever called her, like, teacher or that human or eat his pet the <laughs> entire time it's finally in yeah because of the past when she does call her loose uh yeah there's also a bit where i saw this on the owl house wiki but it's like the bit where uh lilith has hootie firing potion bottles that john luke might be a banto kazooie reference because it's just like how like basically the same way that uh kazooie fires out eggs <laughs> I'm not sure about that one, but I can believe it if possible. <laughs> now I didn't play Banjo Kazooie. Did Kazooie swallow a bunch of eggs and then uh, so, them up so at the enemy? The up yeah. yeah, one of the upgrades you get for her early on, I think in like the first world, is like the ability to fire eggs out of her mouth, and like the yeah, and also that's horrible. And also, that's and not also, how birds and work. And also, she can basically shit them out from her butt as well. She can like poke her tail out of yeah. the backpack and just fart eggs out. <laughs> And in the second, I think the second game, uh, there is a there is a mode where you just hold Kazooie like a gun and shoot eggs. I think. Yeah, I, I think it was like uh, I think it was in the like there was like some weird first person shooter segments of that in like certain challenges because I think they actually like yeah. I think they straight up said that they referenced that in uh, Smash Brothers because like you can do like the egg shooter once and it's a little bit more powerful but you can also hold down the button to move a little bit and like it has like less range and damage i think to offset the fact that it's like auto fire it's weird yeah also uh banjo kazooie aren't actually that very good in smash unfortunately <laughs> it's neat that they're in there but yeah they're actually not that great characters uh but yeah aside from that uh i have a few more about voice actors it's weird that, like, out of, like, the three I have here, uh, Gwen's voice actor is actually the least, like, prolific. Because she's voiced by somebody named uh, Deb Doitzer, I think is how you pronounce her last name. And she basically, the only credits I could find is that she was the voice on the PA in the original Red Faction game. An undisclosed role in the first Watch Dogs game. And Vic in Absolution of Vampire Tale, whatever the fuck that is, I don't know. Those are literally her only three credits besides Gwen Clawthorn. It's, just, it's very weird that That's... yeah, it's very weird that she has like next to no like uh, history of voice acting when she's playing like a pretty major role for an entire episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's I don't know what's up with yeah, that. It is strange. 
But the other ones I have is that uh, the healer from the uh, episode 4 intro and the little, like, Chihuahua Gremlin guys are voiced by Eric Bauza, who also voices one of Willow's dads, and he's also the voice of Mr. Wu in Amphibia, uh, Chairman Drek in the 2016 reboot thing of Ratchet and Clank, whatever you really want to call that, because it's really just Quark telling the story of the first game again, <laughs> but it's basically a <laughs> remake of it. And he's also the current voice of Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Tweety, Peppy Le Pew, and Marvin the Martian. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, tracks. He, he has a lot of credits. <laughs> and the other one I have is that uh, Wartloff is voiced by Gary Anthony Williams, who I covered before because he voices uh, Gus's dad, Perry Porter. So I definitely remember. I... Oh, so both of her dads were here today. <laughs> hmm? Oh, no, uh, no, Gus's so... dad, Perry, is... Oh, Gus's yeah, dad. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, only one of Willow's dads is uh, present present here. Yeah, I absolutely misheard that. Yeah, my bad. I, I don't. Unfortunately, I don't remember which one it is. It just credited him as Willow's dad. One, I think, is what the official credit was. I was like, that's not great. Oh. Yeah, that's not great. We need to know more about those guys. <laughs> we know one of them's name is Gilman from the uh, like the credits or whatever. Accidentally saying Gilman or what the subtitles or something. <laughs> but we need to. I mean, we need to know more about those guys. I think. Unfortunately, I don't think we really will get that. Uh, yeah, and then the only other thing I have here, aside from all that, is, uh, we get the, well, pretty obvious to people like me who fucking obsess about the show, but we get the, the Beta Loose shirt reference in the photo that we see when we cut to the human realm because, uh, Kamiya is wearing it while she has Baby Loose in her wrap. <laughs> because it's straight up the, uh, the purple and white shirt. Which we see again in episode 10. Because it's, uh, now in Lucy's closet. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, like it's like I thought back in uh, the episode, the season one finale. Like the trivia section is actually getting a little bit shorter, just because like it's really more just whatever voice actors we encounter now, because it's yeah not as many anymore. No, that's totally fine. I mean, you've been saying the trivia section was going to get shorter for like four weeks now, and it finally <laughs> has. <Hey>! So <laughs> I'm finally proven right a month later. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, um. I guess if that's trivia, shall we move to questions? Okay. Yeah, we've got. Uh, we've got... Uh, we'll go ahead and hit them just like I did last week because you've been talking a lot. <laughs> I was just trying to give you a break. Mm -hmm. Yep, <laughs> I appreciate it. And you can be sneaky and check your email while I'm reading them. <laughs> um, from Sky at Genuine No Prize on the Twitter, is it possible to be a good parent? <laughs> Starting off right <laughs> off the top, yep. rough, huh? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like... <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I feel like the answer here is yes, but I can't speak for myself, honestly, because it's like, yeah, it's definitely been bronze of mine. But, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I think it's... I think, I think it is possible as long as you're willing to actually, like, listen to your kids when they tell you stuff, as opposed to just thinking that they are the child and therefore don't know any better. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Sky offers the additional information. More and more, it seems like everyone I know has childhood trauma, and it has me wondering. Even the most well-informed and well-intentioned parents don't seem fully equipped for the task, and I'm not sure any nuclear family can be. Which is a rough way to start questions, I'm not going to yeah, lie. Thank maybe, you very much, Sky. <laughs> that's possible, but then yeah. we'd be ending on a downer, and that's Fair. no good. Well, I mean, yeah. we still have the artist segment. So we wouldn't be fully ending on a downer. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't 
talk about it very much because it feels awkward to me. And that's the stupidest thing in the world, but I honestly have a great family relationship. I love them very much, and they've been excellent to me, even if they didn't understand what the word non-binary meant for about six months. They tried really hard, and they got there eventually, but it was... I don't know. I, I feel like I've had great parenting, and I don't like bringing it up, because I know a lot of people didn't. Which... Yeah, yeah. I... I realize it's dumb, but there you go. Yeah, I, I can see why it might be weird to bring it up, just because it's like, again, like, as Guy said, a lot of people don't have good experiences, especially people our age who are career people, where our parents mm-hmm. definitely didn't know what the fuck any of that meant. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, even just now revealing that information, it felt like I was rubbing it in your face. Yeah, no, don't worry, you, you were not. Like, I get that. Yeah, no, it's... Yeah. Yeah. We understand that obviously every family is different because, like I said, like I I do not talk to seventy five percent of my family anymore because fuck them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, closeted, so yay. Oh boy, that's <sighs> sorry. Yeah, that's 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 a rough thing to do. I, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder at times if what things would have been like if I'd never told any of my family. But at the same time, I feel like I would have been more miserable because it's like. Well, you're being ignorant, but also you don't know that you're being ignorant, as opposed to this where it's like, oh, you know, and you're choosing to be assholes. It's like, okay, whatever. I can at least tell you to fuck off yeah. because of that. I, uh, if, if I can tell one good parent story, just to, to give you an idea, mm-hmm. my dad was really, really bad about using my pronouns at first. And, you know, I was giving him time because you do have to at first yeah. and I gave him like a year and he just wasn't doing it except then one day all of a sudden out of the blue he's got it perfect not so much as a hesitation and I talked to mom about this it turns out that he had been practicing using my pronouns in secret because he was worried he was doing it wrong and didn't want to mess up in front of Aww. me Good. which yeah. Yay, good dad. It's it's a little weird because he was misgendering me the entire time he was practicing to try and get better. Right. But also, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to tell a sweet story since we're in the bad parents zone. Yeah, it's, it's always good to hear when like they yeah. actually do put in the effort and try. Mm-hmm. I mean, unlike mine, where it's yeah. like I had to tell my mom the other day, it's like he understands I'm not calling him for his birthday, right? Because his birthday was two, literally two days ago, and it's like. It's like if he wants me to, if he wants to be acknowledged on his birthday, he's gotta acknowledge his child when they exist. Because <laughs> it's like, I mean, he sure as fuck didn't bother sending my birthday card. That was definitely written by my mom, and it's like I got pissed about that. Because it's like, if he's not gonna bother, don't give him the credit for it, please. He doesn't, he doesn't yeah. deserve that. That is very yeah. fair. I mean, it was, it was okay. also a, a childish Mario Kart card, and it's like, come on, like, you, you were able to find a card that didn't use gender terms last year, after just a few months after it came out. This just reads, like, very infantilizing, where you're like, what does Quill like? Video games, we'll get them the Mario Kart card. It's like, come on. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Sure didn't keep that card for a day. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> This is why. This is why I don't tell my mom I have an Owl House podcast, yeah. even though she likes the Owl House. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, you never tell your parents you have a podcast. <laughs> I mean, my roommate. Yeah. Does, my roommate doesn't even know, and she loves Owl House too. 
didn't realize you hadn't told your roommate. Does that mean we'll never have Sam on? Uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll tell Sam when uh, Season 2B starts and I get excited about that. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Maybe. I also don't know if Sam really has, like, a headset to, like, do, like, a Discord call. That's fair. Also, she's she's okay. also pretty busy. Her, her work really, like, takes a lot of her, and she really doesn't have the energy in the, after, in the evenings. That's fair. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's go ahead and move to our next question, shall we? Uh, from Zura minus 87 at Z minus 87. Uh, explain the series in 15 seconds or less to someone who's never seen it using She-Ra parallels. Gay. Uh, gay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was literally me thinking about it because, like, I saw season gay. one. I saw season one of She-Ra. Magic. Yeah, like. I mean, I only watched season one of that, and it's like, I know that, I know what happens, because it's like, just like, how can you not hear Catradora being canon when it happened, if you were anywhere on the internet? But it's yeah. like, I mean, I, I don't, I literally don't know much else about it. I know that it was made yeah. by, uh, well, I think they go by N.D. Stevenson now. I don't think they go yeah. by their original name, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I know that they, I know it was made by them, and I know it's gay, and I don't know much else about it, so I can only say gay and magic. <laughs> yeah, I, I have watched all okay. of it, and uh, gay magic is pretty, pretty apt. Trauma. Yeah, that's. I, I know. That's about I know right. Trauma happens because of uh, catch uh, in particular. <laughs> yeah, there's less weird like, uh, super church aliens. That's, <laughs> that's true, and it's also less about um the parables of. Sending children to war, so. <laughs> it's gay. It's yeah. magic. Um, what more do you need? Yeah, I guess what I would say is so Luce, who is basically the uh, door of this series, uh, goes to the Boiling Isles, which is basically Eternia, uh, and has to fight the Emperor's Coven, which is the Horde, but she was never part of it. And also, uh, her rival-slash-romance interest, who is Catra, is also uh, there, and in fact defies the Horde way before Catra does. Amity's better at that. Okay. <laughs> and that's all I got in 15 seconds. It's way more complicated than yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. At least one of us actually has seen, like, all of she to actually do so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the last question I have on the Twitter, I don't know if we have any in the email, is from Stephen Moore at Marshmallow. Uh, what scam did your mom get caught up in because an old man asked her nicely? <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't because an old man asked her nicely, but my mom definitely still is thoroughly convinced that if you buy anything on the internet, you have to log out of your account fully close the browser tab and then shut off your computer or else people will steal your information <laughs> also why again i don't tell my mom about the podcast because i'm putting her on blast here a bit about that because it's like jesus christ lady <laughs> uh i don't know how uh i don't know if it really fits in the spirit uh the i guess the scam of everyone on the internet uh is not your friend and they're evil and they want to get you or something He's still like, okay, see, I am evil. <laughs> well, I, yeah, but I'm coming to you because you're intent. That's it's that's just, why I'm here, it's, baby. It's that uh, it's that Simpsons Soviet Union joke uh, where Pat's like, or nobody like spins around their pronoun pin, and all of a sudden it's like a swastika or something. <laughs> like I was evil this whole time. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, yeah, because like even like reason is like 
a couple of months ago, well, I was just like, why get some get some real human flesh world friends or whatever? And it's like uh, there's a whole whole thing going on, mom. Yeah, uh, I don't know. There's, if there's, you're aware. there's kind of still a it's pandemic. Sta- there's poison in the air. <laughs> Yeah, I guess yeah. I, I guess I kind of also have that a little bit where it's like, I mean, I talk to I talk about like my friends and everything, and it's like, I still feel like I need to specify my real life air quotes friends, like my D and D group that I actually know most <laughs> yeah. of them from high school and everything, compared to my video game friends, aka my online friends, where it's like there's really no <laughs> distinction. I've known those guys since like 2008, so it's like I've known them for 14 years at this point. <laughs> So it's like, it's again no real distinction there. I mean, I've known some of them only like four years less, and I've known most of my D and D group. So, whatever. I don't. I don't need to have met them in person to know they're good people because like they've known me for a while, and they were some of the first people I told about when told when I came out and everything. So it's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like they they took the. Like they t- they all took some they all took like basically the same amount of time with like name and pronouns and all but it's like yeah that's to be expected though you've known me by this uh, the name and pronouns for like fourteen slash eighteen years and they're understandable yeah hmm huh. my mom has never fallen for a scam because every time she thinks she might have maybe found something suspicious she calls me and makes me explain <laughs> it to her <laughs> uh, <laughs> which yeah, I definitely remember those has helped a lot in her not getting scammed out of money but also is very time consuming for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think it kinda of did racing too, but we got the gist of it there. Like, but yeah, like I definitely remember those days of having to be tech support for the family all because my brother had moved away to college and was like, Alright, well it's cool's job now and it's like motherfucker. <laughs> like I Oh, it's not tech support. She like whenever she finds something a little bit suspicious. Mm-hmm. Like I had to teach her what NFTs oh, were. Boy. Oh no. That must have been a fun conversation to have with a parent. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, actually, looks like we got a last-minute question from Casey Cosmos. Oh. <laughs> she asks, which Boiling Isles ice cream flavor would you like to try? You know, given if it were safe to eat for, you know, people. <laughs> yeah. mm, rough question. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Googling uh, the episode to see if it actually has a list of the app, of the ice cream types. Yeah. Well, I, I really would like some case lime pie. Sounds very good. A... I think I'm gonna go with Obama Berry. <laughs> yeah, I just want to eat an abomination. <laughs> yeah, I guess like uh, I really uh... like this question. Question asker, <laughs> you are very cool, <laughs> epic. You yeah. have a, an eight pack, huge tits. <laughs> Unfortunately, with me, it's like I actually really only like like a certain like few boring kinds of ice cream like I, i'm the definite kind of person that's like i like like the vanilla or like the caramel ice cream so it's like i feel like i would just not be that adventurous with the boiling out of ice cream uh, i guess that's fair i don't know yeah I, i'm way into popsicles than the ice cream these days popsicles are good <laughs> and fruity you thought you were going on an episode without a question for me? <laughs> yeah. That's I've been I've been thinking about this bit all night. She's like, just submitting one as we're doing them. Exactly, I've done it before, and I'll do it again. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've just I've just got the artist segment, and I think we're done after that. Cool. Yep.
so for the future, if you have questions, you can send those to us at usweirdoscast on Twitter, and we're also at usweirdoscast at gmail.com. But that'll take us to Quill for the Artist Spotlight. Yeah. Alright, so again, uh, much like every time I'm going to fucking butcher this person's handle, uh, I'm going to plug uh, <laughs> Charliza? Carliza? I don't remember which I don't know which one. Uh, their handle is uh, at Clark, with an E at the end, underscore Charlize, C-H-A-R-L-I-Z-E. Uh, she uses she, her pronouns. She draws, like, a lot of, uh, like, fan art of just, like, what it'd be like if, like, witch fusions were a thing, and, like, what is, like, the fusion of loose anatomy, like, or, like, just a very, like, cutesy, uh, AU of what if loose anatomy were mermaids instead of, like, people and everything. <laughs> uh, it also does some, like, amphibia. Oh, yeah. nice, saying mermaids aren't people. <laughs> they are, are mermaids are people. They, I mean, like, <laughs> look, don't put me on blast here. Quill with a bold stance against mermaids. <laughs> look, mermaids are cute. I'm not saying mermaids ain't people, but I'm talking about, like, if they were, like, just humans or witches compared to being a mermaid. <laughs> ah. Being attacked by my own podcast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they also, uh, sorry, she also does some, uh, like, AU amphibia art using the fan theory that animal lose an arm, so she has a robot arm instead. And uh, did, <laughs> did a pretty good uh, fan art of young Ida, Rain, and Lilith dressed as Bowser and Mario, respectively. And I'm not sure what Lilith's supposed to be dressed as. She's like in like a blue robe. I'm not sure what she's going for. Rose sounds like Kamek or Kamek oh, or oh, whatever yeah, you pronounce right. that. It would be Kamek, oh. yeah, probably. Yeah, now you say that, yeah. Oh, I, for some reason I was thinking Rosalina, but like, no. She doesn't wear a robe. Yeah, she I mean, it, a... <laughs> yeah, it's not like a robe, but yeah, it's a, it's Ida as Bowser apparently cheating at the video game they're playing, and Rain as Mario. Uh, and there's also <laughs> one that she did of uh, the main four kids and Hunter in schoolgirl outfits with loose anemone giving such a shit-eating-looking like grin to Hunter as he's just pouting, pouting over being in a skirt. <laughs> really good they're, like it's like Abby's like leaning on Luce's like uh, shoulder a little bit while Luce is also leaning forward and they're just like looking at him <laughs> in a silly way uh they also did one of Ida and Rain in uh the Studio Ghibli art style from Castle in the Sky and like laying down in the field of flowers or whatever and uh <laughs> yeah my favorite one that uh they've uh, sorry that she made is uh a pride one where Luce and Amity are taking a selfie of themselves wearing their respective flags like capes it's uh, very good and was my background on my phone for a bit. <laughs> yep. See it. Oh, that sounds lovely. Thank you very mm -hmm. much. Yep. As always, it's just me like liking artists that make adorable Lumini shit, pretty much. <laughs> the most part. <laughs> no surprise there. I, I like mean, the cute shit. <laughs> absolutely. And I'm glad you came up with that one for this episode because it was kind of grim. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it's only on the it's only yeah. on the upswing from here. We just have we, we get a lot of uh, cute Lumini uh, moments in the next episode, along with even more bad parenting, and then and then we get uh, a lot of trauma between uh, former lovers, and then get uh, more cute Lumini stuff, and then we get more cute Lumini stuff while also existential dread about potentially being separated forever, and also disappointing your parents. It's all good. Don't worry about it. So, it's yeah, to it's, it's totally not like Owl House Season 2, almost every episode is about bad parenting or bad families. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Nothing bad will happen in the show. We're, we're totally not going to potentially see the fallout of uh, Lucy's trip to the human realm in episode 11 in literally two days. <laughs> Day and a half, actually, from this <laughs> point of this recording. 
Well, I mean, by the time this episode airs, it'll already be out. Yeah, well, that's what I meant, yeah. Our listeners will know, but we don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, t- it's totally not like you and I are going to uh, pirate that shit they want to see. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, we'll know then, but we don't know now. Right now, our listeners know more than we sure. do. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that about covers it. So before we wrap up, Casey, is there anything you'd like to plug? Of course. Well, I have a Twitter, uh, at Casey Cosmos. Uh, it's where I write dumb things occasionally. Uh, I, I can be found there asking questions. You can find me on the question post of just about every podcast I'm following, more or less. <laughs> and uh, you can follow my cat's account at Casey's underscore Catmos. Tink. <laughs> What's your cat's and name? You gotta tell us. Tink. Her, her name is Tink. Aww. It is not short for Tinkerbell, but that's what uh, my family calls her. It's just because in like sixth grade, I read a story called The Witch Catcher, and they had a cat named Tink in that story. And I was like, damn, that's a good name for a cat. So it's, a, it's an obscure literary reference. Oh, for a sec there, I thought you said the... The best kind. For a sec there, I thought you said the cat's name was Tank, and Tank would also be a pretty good cat name. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like it has to be an overweight cat, though, if it's named Tank. Yeah. Like, a, like, like that a big, big orange tabby. That huge, that huge cat that was, like, fucking swole. Oh, uh, oh. It had, like, the, <laughs> the, some, some thing where it just cats building up muscle. Or that cat that was, like... Oh, I thought you were talking about... The guy that. was... I thought you were talking about cement was... black for a sec there. Yeah, that that too, but there was just a cat that was huge. And I guess uh, I might as well, uh, if you would like to hear me on another podcast, I am on the Disney Minus episode covering The Nightmare Before Christmas. And uh, Disney Minus is a Disney movie podcast that also says, Fuck Disney at the end of every episode. It's good. Hey. That's where the the, que- the two questions came from, from, and they're, they're fun. it's fun stuff. Disney sucks. <laughs> uh, go listen to that episode and talk. Hear me talk about how this one uh, sea creature is really really horny for Jack Skellington. Yeah, baby. Uh, ver- ver- yeah, that sounds like content we ver- cover. Breaking news: I haven't checked Cinderblock in a long time. Cinderblock apparently has lost a lot of weight and he's able to walk around just fine on her own now. Yay! Good kitty. Oh, oh wait, is that nice. the, the cat that did like the underwater treadmill? Y- yeah, yeah. That's, I was thinking. I yeah. was thinking about the one where like the man put a Cinderblock or like a brick in front of the door and the cat just <laughs> to keep it out from getting into his food but the cat uh, yeah. kept pushing and eventually if he kept putting stronger and stronger bricks the cat would just get stronger <laughs> and stronger and you have a very a very <laughs> angry and hungry cat <laughs> yeah no Cinderblock <laughs> is the cat doing the the water training apparently uh, she was like 21 and a half pounds I think when she started and then she as of uh, 12 weeks ago she weighed in at like 14.6 so she seems like she's good doing pretty good. Nice. Good for her. Yeah. Super kitty. Okay. Um, well, as always, you can find me on Twitter at patch underscore jacket. Um, I've been extra active on Twitter lately because I've been avoiding more homework. So I hope you enjoy pictures of comic book characters. <laughs> we, we need to go to nobody's department in Canada and make them do their homework. 
The only way that's going to happen is if you turn the internet off, except for the one website I need to do my homework. I say that admitting fully earlier that I had not watched my own episode that I had to cover until earlier this afternoon. Yeah, sure. I'll I'll, I'll go to Canada. Definitely not because I'm also avoiding homework. (laughs) I definitely will too. It's fun. It's not like I'm totally not at all uh, ignoring trying to find another new job. Nope. I actually, it was fun. I'm actually not. I did have a phone interview earlier today. It's good. <laughs> nice. That's fine. But yeah, uh, okay. yeah, I guess uh, you can also follow me at Quill Shines On. Again, it's mostly just me like talking about Elder Ring or my roommate's cats and how much they don't like it when I accidentally tease them with a can of tuna because... Turns out, if I want, I just eat a lot of food that cats like. I don't know why these cats like <laughs> these cats like cheesy stuff with milk in it. Even though I'm not a big fan of cheese myself, but I I like stuff that has milk in it. I like tuna. I like chicken. These cats always want that shit from me, and they get bummed out when they can't get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, Casey, thank you much, very much for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. Hope to eventually maybe come back sometime when situations are yeah, different. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't believe. Wow. Yeah. Thing that happened in that new Outlaws episode. Wow. I, I can't <laughs> believe that happened. I can't. I was I, so surprised. Can't. Can't believe that when that thing happened. Can't I can't believe, believe Lou said such a funny joke. Yeah. I assume there will be jokes in it. Can't, can't believe that they got that they let Lou say fuck. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a bold new believe. direction, Disney. <laughs> yeah. Disney has moved the entire the Animal House on another streaming site. Just just like Korra. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, jeez. The way that they treated Korra season books three and four was so dirty. <laughs> yeah. Fuck <sighs> corporations. I guess that means the only thing left for us to say is, uh... Remember, us weirdos have to stick together. Yeah, and I... Fuck Disney!